Well, hello and welcome back to the Wellness Coaching Corner podcast. I am Lori Legault and I have been, um, you know, not recording this podcast for a little while, taking a little break and coming back um, with this long break with some exciting news to share with people who listen to this podcast. So in this break, I have recruited a friend of mine, a colleague of mine by the name of Brian Douglas. And I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about him. And then he and I will be talking about some really pertinent coaching things going on just in the coaching world in general. So Brian and I are going to be hosting this podcast together now. And so you'll see our cover, the coaching corner, um, cover is different because we are now a team. So Brian most recently served in a senior leadership role at Noom as an associate program manager, where he's had the good fortune to lead a team of more than 70 passionate and professional health and wellness coaches and managers. Prior to that, he served as a coach and later as a direct supervisor of a team of 15 coaches. In addition, he spent more than three decades in a variety of leadership roles across several industries, including 15 years at, with screening applicants and conducting interviews. He considers himself a coach, a content creator, and a servant leader. So welcome, Brian, to the podcast as the co-host of this show, and I am thrilled for us to start a conversation about it, um, about coaching, you know, just about all the things that we are doing together. And so maybe I'll let you, Brian, explain how you and I even came to be a team. Absolutely. Well, first of all, before I get into any of that, I just want to thank you, Lori, so much, because I think this is an exciting opportunity um, certainly, I think it's a it's a really interesting time to be a professional coach. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we can hopefully share and also learn through this process. Um, but what's what's fun is a after I got my uh, NBHWC certification, um, I realized the whole continuing education part of the equation was uh, was pretty significant. And so, I think it was. Uh, in 2021, I found Michael Arlosky's organization and a group coaching program. And that's what I did at Noom was I, I managed and managed group coaches and, and was a group coach. And so I, I, and I think there's a huge future in group coaching. And so I signed up for a, a pretty extensive CE program on group coaching. And, and they're one of the only organizations that I know of. I think there's a couple others that are currently kind of teaching the group coaching model to uh, professional coaches. I mean, there's a lot of kind of loosey goosey stuff out there, but this, this was extremely well thought out structured. Um, and again, under the auspices of the NBHWC. And during that you and I got a chance to, get tossed in a couple of breakout rooms during zoom sessions. And, and we realized, Oh my gosh, we, uh, we've got a lot in common, got a lot of shared interests. And, um, I think, as you said to me, we can talk about pretty much anything and nothing for hours. And so what better way to do it than on a podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure in those breakout sessions, if we ever did what we were supposed to be doing. Like, I think yeah. we got to the end and went, Oh shoot, we forgot to like 
talk about what we're supposed to talk about. <laughs> yeah, like, did we even answer the question? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell the instructor that, Deborah. <laughs> no, no, She might no. listen to this podcast and go, you guys weren't talking about what you were supposed to, what? <laughs> yeah, we may want to wait and drop this after we get our certificates, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Well, the um, those continuing education classes have brought me many really awesome colleagues. It's been unbelievable to me. You know, I think I've continued to speak with probably four or five people from many of the, the CECs that I've done, uh, you know, on zoom and stuff. And, you know, it's amazing because before zoom and before all of this, um, you know, I wouldn't meet people who were all over the country or even, you know, mm. so there's a few people in our class that were in a different part of the world, not even in yeah. the United States. Right. And Absolutely. we would yeah. never meet them if it wasn't no. for this. So that was cool. Really cool. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, it, it's funny because coming from the, the coaching background that I do, you know, I was kind of like in a bubble, right. Cause I was with a big organization. And so the exposure for me was, was transfer transformative, you know, to go into that, continuing education program and to meet in one instance, I think I met a former coworker and then also, you know, I met you and, and the other folks that, that I've gotten to know and have kept in touch with. And I think that's really valuable. And and the irony of, of all of this, Lori is just yesterday, I found out that I have a neighbor two blocks away from me in my hometown who also is a, senior level, long-term professional coach. And I had no idea, no clue, you know, just, just thought, Oh, she's a nice lady with a little dog. And, and turns out now she's, she's a, she's a force. And I, I actually want to get her on this podcast at some point. And uh, so, yeah, you never know where you're going to find fellow coaches. Um, but certainly in this day and age, I think building our networks is critical and, you know, whether it be through CEs or, or, through social media or just through luck of the draw in your own neighborhood, there there are plenty of great people out there to learn from and collaborate with. Absolutely. You know, I I completely agree that, you know, also once you get your NBHWC certification and you get on the Facebook page and you start to really see who's out there, uh, it uh, it really opens up your whole world tremendously. I have really enjoyed seeing the network of people on that uh, Facebook page and just what's going on in the industry. You know, it's uh, like, I know what's going on in my own little world of coaching, but it's really interesting and great to see both the um, wins that people are experiencing and the struggles and challenges people mm. are experiencing and how, um, how nice people are to help each other and, and talk nicely to one another on that platform as well. And so, you know, speaking of which too, not only did you and I connect with our continuing education for group coaching, but we then sort of organically decided, Hey, I want to start doing group coaching just on the side, right. Of, of my full-time job. We both said we wanted to do that. And we're sort of almost looking towards each other to help with, with, does this sound good to you? Does that sound good to you? And then it was like, well, wait, why don't we join forces and maybe we do this group coaching together as a collaboration. And that I think brought me a lot of, um, 
just ease to know that I'm not doing this alone because it is intimidating to create a big program and think, okay, can I run this big group coaching program right out of the gates and have it be successful and have it be the kind of program that I want people to experience. And so it was funny how we were both kind of thinking the same thing, right? Like, oh yeah, this would be really cool. And so now here we are creating a group coaching program together, navigating that. And then also, of course, um, adding this component of this podcast. And so I guess one thing that I want to mention for our podcaster, you know, audience to hear is many times I think it is good to make, uh, make an attempt to collaborate with another coach because what I'm seeing from other coaches just listing it on the Facebook page is that people are struggling right now trying to create a viable business in this field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what yeah. do you think about that, Ryan? Uh, I yeah, you 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 said a mouthful and I think you you really hit the bullseye, Lori. Um you know, first of all, the 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 fear or the uncertainty or the anxiety that goes with that is real because it's the unknown, right? We don't know what we don't know. If we haven't done something, there's there's always that that thought of, well, can I do it, right? Um, and so even though I know there's there, a lot of people like the idea of being a solo practitioner, I kind of think, okay, you could be a solo team. And and I think the the idea of collaboration just creates exponential power because your perspective is at least doubled your ideas. And uh, especially if you have somebody you trust, your ability to have somebody push back on you and challenge assumptions that maybe you have that are incorrect, uh, all are kind of baked into a really healthy collaboration. So I think, and, and, and let's be honest, coaches are like the perfect people to collaborate. I mean, we're helpers. We, we are all about engaging with other human beings. And so to me, there, again, there's a, there's a synergy in being a professional coach and the idea of collaborating that's so important. And, and you bring up a, a, a good observation too, about the current state of the coaching industry. I mean, we're, we're very early still in this industry. Um, you can see that it, a lot of the, the, early big coaching organizations have struggled to figure out how to scale. And it's certainly, it's not an indictment on coaching. It, that's, that's a business model issue. That's not a coaching issue because the companies have all been able to show the benefit of coaching, the value of coaching. They've reinforced what we already know through all the studies and, and um, all the research. Um, but it creates a challenge because then if the companies are having a, a difficult time figuring out how to scale it, it, makes employment opportunities sometimes more scarce or more precarious for coaches. And so I think right now, this is a a time where opportunities are huge, but they're still not necessarily clear. And so I know as, as somebody who is exploring this now in a full-time way, it breaks down to one, who do I really think my audience is? And that connects directly to the other thing you've got to figure out, which is what do you offer? You know, as a professional coach, what is your kind of specific formula 
or or offering that you're going to provide to those customers and then you have to figure out the whole other part of how do i how do i make these people know that i exist how do i attract them and and so there's there's a lot to it but i i love you bringing it into a um kind of an abundance mindset of saying hey there's 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 more here if we work together just like i think with technology today our reach is global there are way more clients and prospective clients than there are providers just as as you see in in our sister industry um in mental health there are there's a far bigger need than there are practitioners to fill it and in in subclinical instances that coaching serves same deal but it's a question of okay well what am i going to do you know what services am i am i actually going to provide what's my niche and how do i identify and reach the people that need what I offer. So there are a lot of questions there. Um, but I think that's at least a, a good initial roadmap for coaches who are thinking about going out on their own to to follow. Don't get caught up in paralysis through analysis and, you know, spend money on all the tech before you have have the the content or the product because you can have the best tech in the world. But if you don't have anything that people want, you just spend a lot of money on stuff that doesn't work. Not for you, right? Yeah. You know, I know I, when I first decided to, when I first finished my initial coaching certification, um, I was like, all right, I'm going to start my coaching business. I'm just going to dive in head first. You know, I, I didn't have any job, uh, perspective, uh, that I could see working for somebody else. And so I started, a, you know, a website and I was like, I'm just going to dive into all these things. And, it was hard. It was really hard for me to go, wait a second. What am I, who am I trying to attract? Just like you said. Um, and how can I feasibly keep up with a website and, you know, people might, um, have inquiries or you're going to do your, you know, first free session consultation. Uh, what pictures do I want on there? to inspire someone to want to be my client. I mean, there's just so many different things that are hard to decide. And yet you don't want to, like you said, uh, you know, basically take too long and try and make it perfect and then just not start ever because it's hard to start. Right. And that's one yeah. of the things that I thought, um, we could talk about a little bit is just our process with our group coaching program that we are currently designing. And I think that other coaches might just get a kick out of it because, you know, we're all a very similar type of person. And so one of the things in that regard too, that, uh, one of the people I interviewed on this podcast, actually Robin Pfaff, some really good advice that she gave me was to know what your strengths are, just like we tell our clients, but in like this business aspect, what are your strengths? And then what are you not good at? And hire people to do those things because you cannot be successful at trying to do everything. And so she has her own small business and she said, I have a personal assistant that does the technology piece because I am not good at that. And I don't want to get good at it. It's not what I'm, you know, doing. And she also hired a business coach because she said, I want to hire an expert to help me for John and not get stopped up too much. And what, you know, what do I need to do that? And I really like those 
tidbits, those like nuggets of, of information, because I think you and I have actually found that, um, between the two of us, I think we do a pretty good job of balancing out a lot of those pieces. I think you're a little better technology wise than me in somewhere in some, some ways. And so you kind of catch me when I'm falling there, but also just the, uh, again, the collaboration helps with keep keeping accountable with your own business mm-hmm. to keep moving forward. Cause it's not just you, it's now somebody else who's also looking forward to this. And so yeah. I think that that piece has been really helpful for me. You know, we started to piece together what we want this program to be, what's the theme of it. And I believe we then sort of worked forward and backward a couple of times, try and really figure out what are we uh, trying to accomplish? What are we trying to um, bring out in people throughout this program? And then, you know, I think it's cool that I would write something and then you would then write in that same, you know, Google doc to kind of perfect it and perfect it together and make this um, a very solid program. And so that piece I think has been great. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think the, the collaborative piece has been fun. I mean, you know, I think back in, in the class, I think we had a practicum that we had to do individually. And I remember when you did your practicum, you had almost the same really obscure term in your practicum title that I did. And that was like, you know, I think mine said unstick and yours said unstuck. And I thought, well, that's interesting. (laughs) We are both going down a really weird road together here. So, um, and, and, you know, that, that really what it did is in my mind, it, it, it indicated your passion for transformation, you know, cause that's, that's as I've, you know, to, to what you said about identifying, you know, what my strengths are and areas of opportunity that I maybe do or don't want to tackle. Um, one of the things I figured out is transformational coaching, you know, really working with people through that really, really the big stuff, you know, whether it be career or life, uh, I'm passionate about that, especially kind of that, um, really challenging age demographic when you're you're kind of in your 40s to maybe 60 and you're you've got maybe you've got kids at home or or you're just an empty nester or you got kids in college you also have aging parents so you're dealing with with some really really intense and sometimes expensive burdens there maybe you're dealing with a, a midlife career change a relationship change maybe you um, maybe your career's been forcibly changed you didn't have a choice that's that's happening a lot too um and so i think you and i both kind of zeroing in on on the audience that we wanted to reach was was revelatory for me um and then you know of course kind of starting to do the work and figure things out and and like you said okay i'm gonna write this and then Lori's gonna tweak it and and then you know i'll tweak that and go back and forth that's been really fun and I think we come up with a, a really, it's not like a committee where there's too many cooks in the kitchen. It's two people who both have the same intention and the same goal and this and the same mission. I think that kind of synergy can really create dynamic content. And, and then we haven't even gotten to the part of conducting the group when you have two people who, who can kind of play off of one another and support one another in a group setting because a group is a whole different animal than one-on-one coaching and 
you know, most the trainings that I've seen about group coaching, they don't recommend that, that, um, inexperienced coaches even try it just because it can be such a challenge. So I I'm really, I'm just glad that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> well, ditto on that. Um, I, I agree. You know, I have done some coaching, some group coaching, both with somebody else and then by myself. And I definitely prefer doing it with somebody else. It yeah. is difficult. And, you know, there's a few pieces to it also where, you know, when you commit to leading a group, um, for weeks or months on end, you know, things are going to happen in your life that prevent you from also being able to be there every single time. And so I think that's one benefit. The person that I was, uh, doing a group coaching with, she lives in Florida and she went through the hurricane while we were doing mm. this group coaching. So I was happy that I could, you know, take that off of her and she didn't have to worry about it. So I think that's really good, but also you're right. Just the dynamic of people and what comes up for people is, is, you know, it's, it's that whole dancing in the moment. I mean, man, mm. when you're group coaching, because there's so many people, not just one person, I mean, it's, it's, hard enough dancing in the moment with one-on-one -on -one coaching. But then when you add a group in there, it's so interesting. And that's the fun of it too, is that you don't know what's going to happen ever. You cannot predict how it's going to go. And so that's why I think also it's great to have maybe two people. Now, people who are listen listening to this and maybe saying, well, I don't have anybody that I know of that can do this with me. I would even maybe go as far to say, is there another coach who you could just bounce ideas off of so you mm -hmm. could practice because we did that even with our practicums, we yeah. practiced with each other, uh, especially in the beginning. And I think that was really helpful. But if you were to ask a coach, can you listen to my program design? Tell me what you think about it. And maybe I practice on you a little bit. That's another way of collaborating that I think would be really helpful, even if you're not doing it together, together, you know? Absolutely. So I, yeah. I, I think what I'm hoping that other coaches listening to this right now are getting out of this, the conversation is just that, you know, we're all trying to figure our way out in this coaching world right now, because it's still in its infancy and that, you know, there's no reason to recreate the, you know, reinvent the wheel. Right. And so as you and I are collaborating and working through this program together, I hope other coaches can hear what our process has been like and what's helped us, you know, and that's also been a cool part of this is that we were also doing our own research behind the scenes and coming together and saying, I found this tool. I found this person, you know, um, really sort of collaborating it, uh, it's, it's almost like you and I, um, don't have to do all the work because we're, we both have pieces of it together. So, yeah. you know, I feel like one thing I wanted to, to mention as well is just some of the challenging things that we've experienced mm. in doing this. And before I do move on to that specifically, I don't know if there's any more comments that you had on what, you know, what I, what we were just talking about before we move on to like challenges, well, you know, I think I think um, when we're thinking about uh... okay, so yeah, we'll we'll have to edit this little section out. I'm okay. I'm having a, a brain fart. Um, you know, when I think about what we we have done so far, and I think about how we are kind of 
clarifying our vision and and clarifying the direction we want to go i think it would have taken me a lot longer individually to come up with where, where we're at and i think you probably agree so i love that you mentioned um kind of some some sort of a reciprocal conversation with a fellow professional coach i mean i know as a coach i grew more as a coach through those one-on-one developmental type sessions, like when we did the PSA sessions in the NBHWC program or ongoing sessions that I still do. I've got several coach friends that are in different areas of coaching that I meet with on a regular basis, either, either every couple of weeks or every month. And we literally kind of trade service, you know, where I coach them, they coach me because it continues to sharpen our skills but it also, gosh, the breakthroughs that come, the the insights that come, the self awareness that's developed is invaluable. Um, so I think if if we aren't being coached ourselves, then who are we to ask people to pay us to, you know, to let us coach them? I think that that you know we we've, we've got to be a, a product of our own very very precious product. Um, so that's that's been a really big thing. And then you, the only other thing I want to mention is recognizing what maybe even if it interests us, if we're not good at it or the learning curve is too steep to be okay, finding somebody who can provide that service because now we are so Uber connected worldwide. There literally is someone out there who can serve just about any need that you have. And so like when we, when I think about the entire marketing piece of, of what goes into building an online coaching presence, Man, I okay, I might want to learn that, but I don't want to learn it quickly. And I sure as heck don't want to be burdened with doing that. So I've already found someone whose niche is marketing online, doing all the stuff for health and wellness coaches. Been doing it almost three years. Super successful, great guy, and was willing to kind of meet me where I am, which is very early on. You know, it's like, okay, we've got to crawl before we run and we've got our walk. And then we got to walk before we run. And, and this, this person was willing to do that. And you, sometimes you got to sort, I've met other people online that were just pushy and, you know, you've got to sign up for this program or give me this much money. No, you know, we, we, we have to be intentional and mindful, but the resources are out there. The people are out there. It's just about, you know, doing your own research and also networking. We all know at least one other professional coach. I mean, we wouldn't have become professional coaches if we hadn't met other coaches along the way. Talk to them. You know, even if you're an introvert, I think there are still ways that you can reach out in a less stressful manner, you know, maybe through a DM or through an email, but start conversations because I, I think, as you mentioned, we're all pretty much cut from a similar bolt of cloth. We really want to help. We really want to support one another. And we all know there's no need to even feel a bit greedy because there, is, there are so many more opportunities out there that are untapped and unmet than we could ever possibly meet. And probably the coaches that are coming along for the next 10 years could ever meet. So it's more about taking the time to figure out what you're doing and, um, and unleash yourself on the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're so right. You know, the, there was that Psychology Today article that came out about a month or two ago stating that health and wellness coaches actually have the same benefit for people as counselors and therapists. Mm. And I think that 
that was revolutionary. Is that the right word? Yeah. Um, <laughs> revolutionary. One of those. Revelatory. Um, yeah. right, there we go. Revelatory. Okay, good. Um, because it just speaks to how powerful what we do really is. And, you know, when we also think about the lack of therapists that are available and the fact that a lot of people go to therapists who can definitely see a coach. I mean, yes, there's a lot of things people go to counseling for that are completely is out of the scope of practice for us coaches. And I'm so happy to refer those people on when something comes up in that way, because that is not my wheelhouse, of course. But there are a lot of people who go to therapists and counselors who the reason why they're going there can be handled by a coach. And so one thing that I also think is a good thing to keep in mind, because I have the tendency to doubt myself a little bit, Mm -hmm. to doubt that what I'm thinking people want is what they want or need. And I'm just speaking to coaching services, not speaking to like, when you're talking to somebody, I don't think that I know what they want or need, but just saying people who are, who could use and benefit from coaching services is that us coaches need to not undermine that we have a very powerful role that is very needed and Mm -hmm. wanted in the world. And so as we're being mindful of our our practice and how we're going to go about starting it and, and everything is to keep in mind that momentum of this is an amazing thing that we're doing and it's in the service we're providing. And it is absolutely critical that we get ourselves out there and make our, make our work available because it's really needed. I feel like even more so after the pandemic, it's even more needed Uh, and people are isolating a lot more than they ever used Mm -hmm. to. People are stuck in the isolation piece of pandemic that they're having a hard time, I think, pushing through. And so then just even virtual, you know, coaching at least connects people who are still kind of hiding out. But, um, but I think it's, it's also really important to speak to, uh, how, how coaches are trying to navigate and trying to navigate starting their own businesses, because I see this a lot on the NBHWC Facebook page. And I see a lot of people going, I don't know what to charge. I don't know. Um, you know, I see people talking about doing proposals for companies and they're, they're not sure. I think the biggest thing is not sure what to charge, but, um, so we have a lot of work to do in this arena. And just to let everybody know, listening to this is that this is a conversation that's going to be two parts, maybe even three parts, because Mm -hmm. it's a lot to talk about, Yeah, but we're trying to dissect a little bit, the process of how you go about starting your business successfully and, and just the pitfalls and the successes of this process. Mm. Yeah. So, it, it's a lot, Lori. Yeah, it is, you know, and, and, and I, I met yesterday actually with, uh, one of our classmates from our group coaching program who, who is in the process of developing their own practice. Um, and one of the things that, you know, and so we talked about some of the struggles, you know, um, but one of the things they shared with me that I thought was really insightful, they know a, another professional coach, because again, they're building their network, which is a really critical thing to do. They met a professional coach um, who has formed with other coaches a collective and that they together 
are kind of pitching their wellness services with, as as she said, a, a frosting of leadership coaching on the top, they're pitching it to businesses and they've been having success. And so I, it's not impossible. It's just a, a code that you kind of have to crack. Um, but again, I think that that they found the strength in collaboration and through probably their shared resources and network have figured out how to, one, approach different companies, um, but number two, how to charge. And I think what what she mentioned is that they're they're kind of looking at it as a, a per employee cost. Ah, kind of thing, okay. You know, and, and so there's different ways, you know, I suppose you could do um, a time bound subscription model, you know, and, and say for companies of X size to Y size, we'll charge you this and this is how long it lasts. That's one way. Another way is just like what, what they were talking about is saying, okay, well, our services are going to be included for your entire organization at this much Per employee. So I, I don't think that there's a hard and fast rule at how to do that. If you're thinking about going, going the employer route, and I'm certainly no expert on that. I'm all I can do is share kind of what I've heard, but I think between NBHWC and, and a lot of the other uh, resources out there, the answers are available, but it, it's not necessarily going to be right at the tip of your fingers. It will take some, some research and some networking. Um, but I think that's, that's part of the growing pains of the industry. And, yeah. and I'd rather be personally, and this this goes to more to psychological makeup, I'd rather be in an industry that is still kind of self-creating than be in one that's just so completely rigid and fixed and process-oriented that there's no room to breathe, there's no room to create, there's no room to innovate. Um, you know, and, and that's another thing as a coach, you kind of have to figure out yourself what what type of environment do you need to be in? Because if if you need that structure and that predictability, then maybe finding a, a, a job with an organization is the way to go. And that's cool. I mean, I, I just did that. Um, so there's, there's a lot of benefit to that. Uh, but there's a cost too. You know, there's always a trade-off because you, you're trading time for money and, <laughs> and there's a lot of energy that gets drained out of working for another company too. So I don't know. It, it, there, I, I really look forward to this conversation because I feel like... Um, Gosh, this could inform the thread of every podcast we ever do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just because mm -hmm. this is this is real life, this is real world in our profession. Um, I also want to, if you don't mind, I I just want to really validate what you said about that collective or common underpinning between coaching and mental health. Mm. You know, if you if you think back about our uh, to our coaching training, um, unconditional positive regard is a cornerstone of it. And that comes from person-centered therapy. I mean, that is literally the heart of one of the largest components or largest largest schools of psychology, of, of clinical mental health. And so, of course, there's gonna be some kind of an impact. And what's funny is, in psychology, I've got a, an undergraduate degree in psychology and I've done some graduate work in clinical mental health. The researchers don't know why unconditional positive regard works. They just know that it does. You know, like person-centered <laughs> person therapy is is a beautiful but very much dancing in the moment process that can create incredible results for people when they're ch facing mental health challenges. But that that fundamental foundation of unconditional positive regard 
is baked into coaching. And so it, it only makes sense. You know, the human experience is on a continuum. It's not in these siloed compartments. You know, it's not like, okay, mental health is here and only here. And then coaching is here and only here. You know, there's a continuum. And, and that's part of the challenge of our role is saying, okay, this is in scope. This is out of scope. But, you know, it's well within scope to practice unconditional positive regard and reflect to people and ask powerful questions and provide them a safe space to process what they're feeling and thinking. Man, that is just that's the magic of it. But it's also the functional process and outcome. It's it's really again, I don't understand how it all works, but I sure as heck know it does, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you brought all that up just now because you are so right. And. Oh yeah. I think, I think that the, the why it works is because we, uh, we all just really as humans need to be heard and understood. And then when somebody is able to, you know, say what's going on for them, even if it's something that you're going, Oh, this is a red flag for me that I need to refer them because this is out of my scope. Mm -hmm it still allowed them to be heard and be understood. And even in that moment, what I felt in my, my own practice is that people literally say out loud, Oh my gosh, I feel so much better now just having said that. And then, you know, because I think what happens is during coaching, sometimes people come to a coach and all of a sudden as they're talking, something comes out that they're like, Oh, I forgot all about this. I, I, I actually kind of had buried this, you know? And so then that's that time of like, Ooh, um, that's a little bit heavy, you know, Yeah. but it's absolutely amazing. Just, just amazing how it does work, you know, to be, yeah, uh, you're right. And, and, and it's not like we're diagnosing. No, it's just that through that, that, that dance, that, that the client does with the coach, they are able to recognize the direction that they might need to go in. And then all the coach does is support that. You need to go see a mental health professional. That's cool. That's what that that's what you need. You you've discovered that. That's wonderful. We haven't done anything other than what we've we are trained to do as coaches, but the therapeutic benefit could last for years. You know, that could that could totally change the trajectory of that individual's life because they went from thinking they had something, you know, a specific thing they were working on, but then something much bigger or more impactful came up and they were able to reorient themselves and say, ah, I've got to address this now. What a gift, right? What a gift. especially because there's a lot of stigma still around mental health. And so sometimes people go, Oh, well, a coach sounds nice. You know, like (laughs) I think I'll go see a coach. We are nice. Yeah. And then, you know, then it takes sort of the unraveling to go like, Oh, there's something bigger there that needs to be addressed. So, yeah. I mean, sounds like you and I are the same where we're just absolutely love what we do. Right. It's like almost like grinning from ear to ear about like, it's so cool being a coach. <laughs> yeah, do, you, do you find that it's annoying to some of the people around you sometimes? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, people will say, you know, well, my daughter will say this actually. She's like, I think you're, I think you're coaching me. Can you not coach me right now? You know, I'm like, well, it's just, I like the lingo so much. It's just so yeah. effective. <laughs> yeah. Been, been down that road with my wife. She's like, don't try to coach me right now. That's not what I need. <laughs> so but you know what? I'm sorry. I, I apologize. No, no, it's fine. I, I, the only thing I want to add is and reinforce what I already said. This is why every professional coach 
needs to be coached. Mm -hmm. Okay. No exceptions. If you're not engaging with a coach, whether you're trading services or whether you're paying a coach for something specific, you're missing the boat. It will make your perspective so much more well-rounded. It will make your understanding of what your clients are going through so much deeper and more profound. I cannot, cannot, cannot stress that enough. If you are not being coached, then I think you're kind of not all the way a coach. You know, it's like you're you're missing a, a key aspect of your role as a professional. So yeah, that's just that's just my my more than two cents. Yeah, well, it's a, you know, it, it's that that whole practice what you preach thing. Yeah, yeah. So another thing that got that came to mind, and then I'm going to start wrapping things up for us today, so we can already. Um, I know it goes quick, right? Um, when we we're talking about sort of the the way in which coaching is unfolding in the world. Mm. It very much reminds me of the way that corporate fitness and wellness unfolded in the world, because that was my world. And so when I graduated from my undergrad in 1997, that was a new thing. So that was Mm. uh, what was happening then. And that's what I decided to do and was go into corporate wellness. And at that time, you were an employee of the company that you were working at. So if you're working for a large company, then um, you became an employee of that company. Mm-hmm. Well, then over time, the wellness industry decided we should probably outsource this. And and they took all those employees that were working you know, at companies. And I shouldn't say they took them. I mean, it, it was the the company's um, decision to say, we're no longer going to pay for this employee. So then that employee then had to go to work at a company where they could be a contractor. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like that's kind of what I'm seeing a little bit happening in the coaching world. Like it's, you know, some, a lot of companies hired in house. And then um, I'm wondering if that's where this is going. If people are going to be contracted as coaches more than being a part of the company. I'm not sure, but I, I just, yeah. it's an interesting similarity that I'm, that I'm seeing. So we might just take a look at that a little bit more, but, um, wow. That's, that's like a whole episode that yeah. we'll have to dedicate to, you know, kind of thinking about what, um, what the different facets of coaching can look like professionally. Um, because I do, I think you're, I think your your experience is is so valuable and telling that there there certainly is a shift I think with some of the the later stage startups in in the the coaching space where that's kind of um maybe the model that they're that they're moving towards um but I don't think that's fixed because I also see a lot of earlier stage startups that are hiring coaches like crazy. I mean, I was on LinkedIn this week and there were more than a hundred coaching professional coaching jobs when just in a basic search, you know, and, and you know, one company alone was hiring like 30 plus. So it, it, it really depends on what the business model is. Um, however, I think that there's a, there's a degree of empowerment that comes when you don't, pigeon your whole yourself to just wanting to be an employee. And I think that that's something you and I both can speak to because we've had that experience of being employees for wonderful coaching organizations and developing our own coaching 
on the side. And while, you know, we have to, we have to maintain that, that balance in life and not burn ourselves out at the same time, though, I think that that's how we're going to continue to grow professionally. And I think ultimately that's how we find our own kind of professional niche and our true identity as coaches. And then helps us find our audience is by stepping outside the box, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. breaking those boundaries because they're just artificial constructs we put in, you know, they're from our own minds. Yeah. And so I don't know, I, I, I feel like I'm so happy that, that you invited me on this, this journey, because I think it's going to be unpredictable, interesting, fascinating. We're going to meet neat people. We're going to see a lot of, of cool stuff along the way. And I'm just grateful to be able to be a voice to kind of help inform the rest of our, our coaching community, because it, it can be isolating out there. It can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. You're so right. You said so many things that I'm like, yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, and one of the things too, is when you're talking about, I mean, this, this, these are things I want to address. So I know we're going to have to kind of wrap this up for today at the moment, but we have so many different amazing topics to address over the course of the next several weeks, months, and years. Um, you mentioned you've seen a lot of positions available. Mm-hmm. And yet I did see just on the Facebook conversation that people are saying, I'm applying for a lot of positions. I'm qualified. I meet all the qualifications and I'm not even getting an interview. Mm-hmm. That is a real issue. And yeah. so I would like to take a deeper dive into that too. Yeah. What's going on, you know, um, what's going on there that people are not, um, getting, you know, even an, even a phone interview or even mm-hmm. just getting a, we're, we're considering you. And I will say that I, that's been my experience too. I mean, mm-hmm. I have over 20 years of experience in wellness and I've got the certifications and all the things needed. I've applied for lots of jobs that I've yeah. never even gotten a, you know, a call back. I've gotten a little email back saying, thanks, but you're not, you know, but we're not thinking about uh, interviewing you. And I'm like, that's really weird, you know? So yeah. I think that those are all interesting questions to address. So they are. I think they the are. takeaway for today, I kind of like to, you know, just as in coaching, leave our podcast listeners with a couple takeaways. One really powerful takeaway that I wasn't expecting um, was that you mentioning that all coaches should probably have a coach. And I think that's a great point um, that that's a huge, like if you, if you are a coach and you don't have, you're not being coached, then, um, probably a good time to go ahead and, you know, ask someone, can we do a trade? Or I don't know if you can really do a a trade back and forth, but some kind of trade, because it might be weird to coach somebody and they coach you too. It doesn't always work that well, but, um, maybe finding a coach for yourself in one fashion or another. And also those who are navigating the world of starting a coaching business, the thought of maybe collaborating with somebody or asking if somebody could sort of be your, your coaching mentor Mm. with your company just to bounce things off of so that you are holding yourself accountable that you say, I'm going to get back to you next week on my next steps. I'd love to ask what you think. Can you listen to how this might go? Or can I practice on you? I think that's a big takeaway too, is that something around the the lines of that could be really useful and helpful. Another one would be thinking about what you can outsource, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, that's a great point. And I think that, you know, Lori, that again, that's a whole episode by itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just what I, I've learned and what you've learned over the last few months, I, I think we could probably talk about and, and provide valuable content for our listeners. Um, mm-hmm. You know, another takeaway for me, is it really is kind of that um, the mindset and the strategy about uh, what direction you want to go in as a professional, you know, because, okay, I hear I hear you about the 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 resume thing, the the job application thing. I talked to a hiring manager this week. They reached out to me to ask a question, and for the coaching role that they were advertising, they had received over five hundred applications for you know probably a couple dozen positions. So part of that's a numbers game, mm-hmm. but part of it is very intentional and strategic, and it comes down to what does your resume look like you know, and, and are you, are you positioning yourself in the best possible light to get that role? And, and again, I feel like that takes me to the next takeaway, which is, is having a job or a company as a coach really where you want to be and maybe where you should be looking, you know, even if you can't find the ideal role now as a coach, there's still a labor shortage in many areas. And so it's kind of like if we were, if I was coaching myself, I'd be like, okay, you know, how, how bad would it be if you did something you really didn't like for a while to pay the bills until what you love could pay the bills because it's that delayed gratification and the long-term strategy. Mm -hmm. So I do think that the, the opportunities for solo practitioners and small organizations are truly massive. Because again, we've seen some larger organizations fail to fill that, you know, for their own business model reasons, not because coaching doesn't work. It's because they can't make it work within the the structure of kind of that Wall Street dictated business. Yeah, it's a different. That's a different thing entirely. You know, that that's don't even think about that when you're thinking about being a, a solo practitioner or or having a small organization because that doesn't enter into it it's all about what what is my what is my offer what value can i provide you and how can i reach you yeah. that's that's really what it, what matters so well and because you have an expertise in um you know the resume as a leadership role that you've in the in the leadership roles you've had, yeah. again another episode. Let's definitely yeah, yeah, let's yeah. definitely inform coaches <laughs> on what works well and what they should be having on their resume because that yes. is probably a really important piece of this, I think, mm-hmm. um, as well. So we'll kind of speak to both your you know starting and owning your own business practice, mm-hmm. and then also what it takes to get a good looking resume to get noticed right now sure. to get it you know because it usually I think nowadays if it's a big company your resume goes to HR and it's going through a machine, right? Mm-hmm. And the machine is pulling, um, the, the, t- the random number of picks, not random because they've, they've programmed it to, to well, pick certain scoring, people. They've got a scoring methodology, you know, they, it, yeah. it's, it's called the, the ATS It's the applicant tracking system. And so each one is kind of different and they look for keywords and they look for experience and, you know, the, Format. I mean, I, I I will say this: the the conversation that I had, um, quite a few, like more than thirty of the resumes that that uh, were received at that particular company, were rendered into alphabet soup because they didn't submit it as a PDF. The applicant mm. submitted it as like a Word document or as as a Google Doc, and so 
that can be edited and changed. If you submit it as a PDF, it's a hard copy. So it's like little things like that. Yeah. Not everybody knows, right? So I yeah. mean, yeah, it's a whole whole other conversation. But I think just deciding where do you see yourself as a coach? If you see yourself working for an organization, great. There's strategies for that. We can help. You know, there's a lot of great information we can come up with. If you want to start your own business like we are, you know, I mean, it's like we we kind of have straddled both worlds. There's a yeah. lot of great information. We can help with that. So I'm yeah. excited. I think this is going to be a fun journey. So yeah, I'll stop, I agree. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, we always have to put a hard stop on on the you talking do. as we could keep talking and our listeners might start saying, okay, you're starting to repeat yes. yourselves, you guys, let's, yeah, um, let's talking, move on <laughs> and we'll, <laughs> we'll come back on the next episode and we will be focusing on pretty much a topic, a one main topic at a time yeah. from here. This was a, you know, just a reintroduction and introduction of the, the podcast and the new format with both of us. So thank you, Brian. Thank you, listeners. We are excited mm -hmm. to uh, to really deep dive into this coaching mm -hmm. world that we love so much. So we'll see you all next time. And if you would like to reach out to myself or Brian, we're both on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So I am, uh, you know, Lori Legault at LinkedIn and Brian Douglas. And uh, let's see, any distinguishing ways of, of finding us. I think you'll see that we both are NBHWC yes. uh, certified yeah. wellness coaches and you'll know you have the right ones. So. Exactly. As the kids say, the DMs are open. <laughs> exactly. All right. Bye everybody. Bye, Brian. Take, take care. Thanks so much, Lori. Bye-bye.